avid listeners of Z to A, we've got issues. We're back. It's episode 12. And uh, yeah, we're here. We have lots of things to discuss, right, Andrew? Uh, we absolutely do. Uh, and it's a kind of a funny week because uh, this this week, unusually, it seems like the stuff that I was reading, trying to find the right wing side of things, was pretty consistent with what the left wing was talking about. <laughs> so sometimes they're all talking about very different issues. But uh, I think we're, we're basically we're right in the middle of a very sort of slow news period where uh, there was Relative. Kind of, you had the gun, the gun issues, and then there's tariffs, which like nobody can really get excited about talking about because so, because the announcement was basically like a like a blurted out whim by the president. Yeah, that, would, that might have had something to do with it. it. We'll talk maybe a little about the tariffs, but I think, um, <laughs> but you know, in terms of the the great American culture culture, it's hard word hard word to say culture war. Culture. Uh, you know, I think that we're basically talking about. Uh, the Oscars and like me, you know, maybe gun control yeah. a little bit, which is not, which I think is an interesting topic. So let, let's, I, let's do not my tribe. And these are going to be okay. some, some, some things that I found, uh, but I have a feeling you're going to know because I think that these stories kind of crossed over. So okay. we'll start with, well, I have been watching, I remember I did spend a lot of time watching Olympics, so yes. you might get lucky God. and it's possible that I like turned my eyes away. Yeah. Some of my usual. Like the, like the eye of Sauron. It was not it was looking over there and the hobbits <laughs> looking are at slipping skating, by. Figure skating. Yeah. So maybe this is one of those. Yeah. So, so, so Xi Jinping uh, this week introduced a bill mm. in China to allow him to become what? Well, basically doing away with term limits, right? So in theory, he could now become leader for life. Yeah. Because that always goes really well in countries. I think, you know, everywhere I can think of that had a leader for life you, you turned gotta, out so brilliantly. you got to think that Putin is thinking, why didn't I just do that? Like, I should have done that a long time <laughs> well, he ago. He basically did, right? Because right. he stepped aside no, and he let this other guy sort of be the leader but pretend. Yeah, no, but he did all this sort of due process and like, I'm going to have Medvedev or whatever be the be my puppet. <laughs> Medvedev. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have admit that there's a certain amount of kind of brash boldness to this guy. And I'm sure that Trump was like, oh. Well, he did. So, so then, of course, like, like good I for was him. waiting and I was President like, oh, like, he's going to say it's a great idea. And then he did. At, he did. At of course he did. At a Mar-a-Lago right. event, he said, oh, yeah, we should try that we here. Should, we should try that here. Which I actually found it hard to get really exercised about that because I was like, of course he's going to say that. Right. Like, that's like a gimme. Like, right. if he hadn't said that. It's a layup. I kind of, exactly. Right. I would have been so disappointed. Good for him. Like, he, like, missed an opportunity yeah. to make one of his He, you know, he just basically... Any exercise statements. of power is appealing to Trump, yes. right? It's like, oh, that guy's got, yeah. So very good. You're one, you're one for one. I knew you were going to do well. All right. So um, <laughs> Infowars uh, there is in a situation where you have three strikes and they're down to their last strike okay. on what or for what? Um, well, I did hear that Alex Jones. Alex was Jones the is from Infowars. Yeah, execrable person at the head of Infowars. He is. He's he not. He might even be the only person there, for all I know. Like, I don't even know if there are other people. Yeah. Um, Tough guy to defend. He's yeah. grotesque. Uh, he was accused of sexual harassment. Oh well, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, but that's not what you're talking that's not about. What I'm talking about. You know, he's got one strike left. Oh my gosh! No, then I don't know. Uh, on YouTube, so basically, um, YouTube, I guess, has a three strike policy, and for maybe within the gun debate. So Infowars, first, they, they lost a ton of advertisers on YouTube. And then mm-hmm. second, I think that they said that they were going to kick Infowars off of YouTube. And they have 10 million followers. For, for lying? I, I, I don't know. But so they're down to their last strike. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's actually interesting and maybe problematic because while we have a right to free speech and you certainly don't have a right necessarily to, um, to you know, you have a right to be heard and not, not have the government, you know, interfere. And so obviously... What YouTube does is their own business. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have this this interesting issue that all of these platforms have become so dominant and so powerful, and they they also control all the relationships with the advertisers. Right. That um, you kind of wonder, well, what what's going? That does sort of affect freedom of speech. Um, so it's it's an interesting quandary. Although I think I, you know I think he's a sort of a, a terrible. Person, but sometimes you get you know it's the Larry Flints of the world yes. who wind up. I just don't totally defining. understand, and I and I'm not a lawyer, as I've said many times, but like I don't really understand the intersection between free speech and spreading hatred and lies. And I think that I think that it's a we have a weird standard in this country sometimes because the thing that I know Alex Jones for the best is right. his insistence that Sandy Hook, which was one of the most 
horrible things to happen anywhere ever yeah. in the whole world right. ever, which yeah. is saying a lot. Um, was a false flag. Was, right? was not. It wasn't true. Yeah. And or, to me, like the idea that someone is allowed to not just say that idea, but spread that idea, right. encourage other people to believe it, sell ads based on that idea, is. Um, very weird. I well, can't think of a better word for it. It's, well, it's really troubling. Well, it's interesting, right? Because in the old days, you would say, well, the way that you combat fake speech, and you know, there's a great sort of Oliver Wendell Holmes and all these kinds of cases about it. The way you combat these sort of fake speech is with more speech. And you can say, you know what? The truth will find its way. Right. And if, you know, enough, if you just... But the problem is now, there's so much speech and there's so, and there's so few filters um, that, or there's too many filters, then, right? Which is that, like, or you too many, actually right. only now. Both. It used to be that everyone read the same newspapers. Right now, people don't listen to the same stuff. They don't follow the same stuff every now. I mean, that's our right. whole thing here, right. right? Is that like you can fall down one right. side and just completely miss what the other side right. is saying. And, you know, so now there's and also you know, there's such a distrust in in being able to really fact check, and everybody's considered to be biased, and so we are getting to this question. I think we're gonna. It's gonna be a big question as to whether or not our view of freedom of speech and kind of the marketplace of ideas is working. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to be part of it. Like, you know, what, where does Facebook, where does Google play a yeah. role in that? Yeah. yeah. All right. Now we're going to um, go, oh, third question. Let's, uh, so you're one, one of two. In Italy, uh, they had an election today. Yes, yes. And uh, so... Yesterday, I think. Yeah. So which, uh, Luigi Di Maio of what movement? Uh, and a guy named Matteo Salvini of the League defeated Berlusconi. What is the name of the movement that um, that that won in the, that won in and and or let me know kind of what political stripe hmm. they come from in Italy? Interesting. I feel like as a as a card carrying liberal, I really should have been following more closely what's About going Italy? on in eighth in, biggest economy in the in world. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. So it's I do know that they ended that the the election ended with so many different winners that they're either going to have to form like a crazy coalition government or mm -hmm. they're gonna it's all gonna fall apart and they're gonna have to vote again. What's your guess? Like where are they going in terms of um, um, right? Kind of yeah, they they're going right. <laughs> so they're going into a you know because I think that they've got the migrant issue uh, or the um, and. Uh, so there's the called well, the also, you know, they probably have the Russians like the, meddling and interfering in the in the publicity around the campaign. Possible. So anyway, it's called the Five Star Movement, and uh, you know, and I think there's some relation to that guy Beppo Grillo, who is the comedian, oh, yes. and and him. who. So, um, but yeah. So the the good news, I guess, is that Berlusconi looks like isn't going to win. Right. But I think you're going to have. I actually uh, didn't even a more nationalist, <laughs> and people are saying, you know. You know, is this going to be another sort of right. fascist type I mean, the good thing? news about Italy is always that the government actually doesn't seem to do very much there. Right. Like, no matter who's in charge. Well, every once like a, in a while. If yeah. it's like a porn star, which it was for a while. Well, she was, like, a, I think she was a <laughs> senator. senator. But yeah. my Ch point is, Cicciolini. like, nothing actually. Oh, very. I think Cicciolina. Cicciolina. Cicciolina, Cicciolina yeah. right. Yeah. Um, who I think was also married to Jeff Koons, the artist. Maybe. weird. Um, yeah, so nothing, Italy is incredibly ineffectual, like they, yeah. they With don't all, everyone, actually, for such a big country, they seem to actually play very little role in the kind of, like, global, Yeah, uh, but arena. like I said, eighth biggest economy, and you know, they, you know, they had Mussolini, and you know, when they get going, uh, you might want to watch out, so, uh, Keep an eye on that. I always keep an eye on Italy. I, you know, you don't count them out. They were I, I love Italy. Don't sort of center wrong. of civilization for a while, you know, <laughs> Roman Empire. So um, so that's the world. Now let's, uh, so you get, you're at one of three, but now I'm going to give you Oscar's questions. I think you're going to do well. You have three more. Oh, good. Uh, so here's, I think, an easy one. Um, for the Oscars, <laughs> which we had this week, which you saw and I didn't, but I, I studied it. Um <laughs> The, the the viewership of the Oscars. Yes. Did it go up from last year? Did it go up fifteen percent? Same or down? It goes down every year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sixteen percent down. But you know why that's crazy? Because why is that crazy? Did you you didn't watch them last year either? I'm assuming. Last year was literally the most exciting Oscars ever because of what happened at the end where they announced the wrong winner right. for Best Picture. I feel like they did it just to shake it up. It was know, like, fantastic. Like, right. I I. I mean, you have to. I watch the Oscars alone on my couch with the drink in my hand and my phone in the other. Yeah. And I, no one else in my family cares. Um, but all of my friends. We gotta get. Do. We're gonna get into this. Why you think the Oscars? Is yeah, important. yeah. Well, we because can talk it, about that it later. Is, but, um, but <laughs> I'm gonna give you the point for that. Um, 
And it's, I mean, just, it's a shame that it went down, is all I'm saying, because you never know. Like, something really exciting could have happened. Okay. Uh, so, so you're two for four. Um, which has made more money? And you've got to put these in order. Three things, okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Star Wars The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. and all nine of the box office receipts for the Oscar nominees, including Dunkirk okay, so and number Get one is, Dunkirk I'm going to say number one is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Number two is Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And number three, which by the way is up to a billion. Mm-hmm. A billion. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three is all the other that's, Oscar That's nominees. exactly correct. You yeah. get the correct. Yeah, $1.32 billion for Star Wars, $900 million, or almost a billion for Black Panther. Which is, it's only been out a few weeks. And yes, and it's doing very well. And I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I want yeah, to talk, to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then finally, all these movies that actually I saw Dunkirk and it was a good movie. And I saw Get Out and I didn't see it in the theater, but that was a good movie too. <laughs> um, I didn't see this water, stupid fish movie, but Love I, it. Love I heard it. people liked it. But uh, Okay. And then the uh, uh, final question was Francis McDormand introduced a contractual term yes. to the world. Yes. What was the contractual term? Inclusion rider. Inclusion Not rider. inclusion writer, which I think is what a lot That's of people That's right. Heard. Four out of six. That's a very good score here on Not My oh, Tribe. Thank you. But that was very much in your tribe, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> but um, so, I would like to know what Breitbart has to say about inclusion writers, because I, I'm pretty sure they're not in I favor. I don't know what Breitbart has to say, but let me tell you what I have to say Oh, about okay, that. good. Let's do that. I think that if you think about the movies that are done really well with diversity, and we've seen a couple of these. First, we've seen Black Panther doing extremely well. We saw Coco do extremely mm-hmm. well with Hispanic audiences. And, um, and I think those movies say a couple of different things. One that when you have sort of an authentic story that appeals to, you know, a, a segment of the audience, but then you can kind of cross over to the mainstream audience, you're going to have white, a, the white audience, the white audience, right? And um, you're going to have a success story. Mm. But I think at the same time, when you try potentially to kind of cram in diversity for its own sake, yeah. um, sometimes that's okay. Like, for example, I was thinking about the Star Wars. They, they, almost every blockbuster movie now has a Chinese character. I don't know if you noticed, but every superhero now has, they have to, yes. you know, um, because that's where all the money is. Like, if you don't have a Chinese oh, character. interesting. I hadn't thought of it from you, a, market, you know, yeah, a market perspective. Right. You know, you have to, okay. every one of these superhero movies now has a Chinese character. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, because it's something that they can. Do you think J.K. Rowling was thinking of that when she had Cho Chen or whatever her name was in the Harry Potter books? I'm just um, Obviously, she wasn't really thinking of that. Maybe, um, <laughs> but but anyway, you know, in in the, in the recent Star Wars movie, like there's this sort of did you see Last Jedi? No, you no. didn't. But uh, there's kind of this throwaway Chinese character, and so I kind of was wondering. Is, wow, that, is, that, is she a woman? What? Is she a woman? Is it? The yeah, woman? well, there's oh. actually two. There's two, oh. but um, but one of them is kind of like this like kind of dorky engineer type where mm. you're kind of like is that the best thing they can do for a Chinese woman like it's sort of right. but um, nevertheless I, you know I think poor it's okay char- poor characterization in a Star Wars but I think movie the idea of surprising. an inclusion rider and the idea of saying Mandating. oh we need to mandate some kinds of like the set and the, the crew and everything like that boy that is just so much down the wrong direction for what art needs to be um, and, uh, I, mean, Andrew, you know, I don't totally disagree with you, to be honest, because I mean, I know that things like inclusion writers are the kind of thing that make conservatives hackles stand on end for like every single where, reason. Is that what hackles like, do? Yeah. Yes. They get them up. Rise. They, they rise. They, they right? rise. Sorry. Yeah. Your hair stands on end. Yeah. Hackles rise. I don't think, yeah. I don't know if they have ends. <laughs> my hackles. Your hackles are so upset. They are yeah. actually standing they, on they end. They get up. They stand up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand, you know, because it's like, first of all, it's a regulation. Yeah. Conservatives hate regulations. It's mandating diversity, which is also yeah. something that really annoys people. Um, my thought when she said it was, um, well, and I and heard it, her defining it afterwards, and she was saying how it's like you can ask for like fifty percent representation, but I was like, well, then you get down to this nitty gritty where you're like, well, what percentage oh. should be Asian, and what percentage should be black, and what percentage should right. be trans, and what percentage should be straight, and what percentage? And then I was like, do you make it? Like reflective of the population yeah. at large or the world, like. And how then you're gonna have certain things being like, "Oh, I'm the person who is always included on the set to get our diversity numbers up, right?" right? And then, right. and then that person maybe doesn't do anything, right. and then you're like, and then, and then that's actually right. So the flip side of this, of things. course, is the idea of affirmative action, which we haven't really ever discussed. I'm gonna guess that you're not a big fan of it. 
Um, I think it had has it has a place and had a place it had a place and has a place. So this is similar to that, right? And Which I, is saying that like women say, look at how many women directors have been nominated for Oscars. Almost none. Who picks directors? Studios, right? Who picks the directors? It's yep. studios pick them. Um, so you know, should there be some kind of like mandated thing? Um, I mean, it's stupid. You can't. You can't really. Yeah. Mandate and, it. and the answer. The answer is, I, you know, there's going to be this new Natalie Portman movie, which is supposed to be pretty good about, which is all these women fighting off an apocalypse or something oh, like that. I don't you know, know what about this? It. No, but it sounds no, they, good. It, it's like it's like um, like Armageddon, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a movie, or you know, or a zombie movie. But it's got uh, it's, girl, it's all women. It's all women. Okay. And uh, but look, I think, that went so well with block with the Ghostbusters. I don't know if that. Yeah. Right. But you know, actually, I think though, if you look at Black Panther. The other thing I thought that was interesting about Black Panther, I haven't seen it. No, I was going to say, neither of us have seen it. I'm going to go see it. And, um, but I think what is interesting about it too is that like that it's, it says to me that first of all, the African-American community like is a movie going audience and like, and, and so that people are going to appeal or that's a real audience that, that um, Hollywood's going to really take notice of. And, and second that I think there's a cohesion there um, which is surprising because you think about sort of like a lot of times you hear the African-American, you know, kind of is very frag- fractured and fragmented. Mm. But actually, I think that there's some kind of a cultural cohesion there that we saw with Get Out. We saw with Black Panther. And mm. I, it actually, I think, is something good. It's something positive. Well, so like to me, Black Panther it might be might exemplify why something like an inclusion writer makes no sense. Right. right. Because what are you going to make a movie like Black Panther? And then you're going to be like, but I'm sorry, half the characters have to be white. Right. Like, right. what? It would work, be- it it would work poorly the other way, no too. It doesn't make no sense. Right. Like, it doesn't, it's it's a lovely idea. Um, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it was interesting that I think that some people are like, oh, yeah, great. And it just, it really, the other thing that I think is so funny about the Oscars, and then I think we can move on, but that, you know, there's literally... I mean, this was where Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein, excuse me, <laughs> reigned supreme, right? Like, and so it's so, no, this was it's his, so this insane, it's, it's so insane for, you know, for, for liberals to kind of get up there and be like, like, this is where we're going to be, you know, uh, making this, where we're going to make our political statements and we're going to, you know, talk about what we care about. When you're like, this is like, this is literally the seat of the greatest hypocrisy that probably was done, you know, in the last hmm. five years, and then to say that that this is the place where you're going to get up there. I don't agree at all. I mean, I don't agree at yeah. all. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, first of all, having watched the Oscars, like it was, it was like a, a someone who hates political correctness, quote unquote, mm-hmm. would have. I don't even know. How, I don't think they could watch the Oscars anymore because it literally was like every single exactly. thing during the during the exactly. um, ceremony last night was like pro women, pro trans rights, pro uh, gay right. rights, um, but pro I, I get... diversity, pro mandated diversity. Like of course. it was like I just thought it's really interesting because here you have something that purports to represent the most mainstream cultural medium that we have in this country. Right. And it's one of so the two. far on the left. Yeah. And I just think anyone who was conservative would really have had a really, really. So what are we rough disagreeing time. about? I don't think we are. Um, I don't find it hypocritical that they are standing up and saying this because I think they're actually owning the fact. Like they put three, they put Ashley Judd, Annabelle Shiora, yeah. and Salma Hayek, all of whom have spoken out really strongly about Harvey. They put the three of them up on stage, and it was actually kind of like an awkward moment because they were very nervous and they were very. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I guess they weren't what I, like I, these warrior women. Actually, they were extremely. You could tell they were extremely nervous about being there, and I don't find it hypocritical. I think what they actually said, and someone I can't remember which presenter said this. It can all be. This, it can all be true, but there's something about the fact that it look, seems holier this was, than that. This no right, and that Harvey Weinstein was the, one of the guys who was. He would get up there and probably and make speeches about important causes that were meaningful to him. Yes. And at the same time, was a horrible person, and nobody sure. can forget. The fact that, like, that that was the to me, em, the 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 epitome of empty words. Yeah. And well, coupled I mean, coupled is, with Hollywood. terrible terrible morals. <laughs> sure. And Hollywood and has ethics. a big empty words problem, right? Which is that they they do these they do these events and they pat themselves on the back about how amazing oh, they are and how incredible they are. But actually, if you've ever like worked in Hollywood or if you ever everything in Hollywood is actually only about one thing. Yeah, money. Making money. Right. So. 
all of this is window dressing and stupid if you look at it from that perspective. However, I did not find and, and er- I did find some of it inspiring, even knowing, and I'm not an idiot. I don't have the wool over my eyes, like, but I do. I don't mind it because I do think that there are, for example, kids who might watch this who don't need to know about the money and the profit making stuff, but they could still watch this and be like, "Look, a trans woman is up on stage," or you know, the two the best. Actually, one of the great moments was when Coco won for best yeah. animated feature. And the two directors got up, and she thanked her wife, and he thanked his husband. And I was like, "Oh, this is like engineered to upset um, Mike Pence, yeah. <laughs> among others." You, you know, the other thing I, I I don't really understand about the Oscars is it seems like it's such a kind of anachronistic, elitist kind of like we craving for like royalty and glamour and yeah, but Hollywood. They don't, they don't create blah, that. Blah. People want that. Yeah, but that. It just seems like most. I, I think that they've really they're back there. There's there's an audience there of maybe a five million people, mm-hmm. right? Which is the people who actually watch the Oscars and like they're still into that and they still kind of want that yes. feeling and they're still yes. nostalgic for that old Hollywood and that glamour and that yeah. the dresses and blah blah blah. But everybody else is like we're very over it. We're like mm. it's just who know, cares? Like why do I need to see the you wear? The alternative is that we have. I mean, we both have kids who are like teenagers. They are into TV, and they are also into, like, these YouTube stars. Yeah. But if you ever watched any of these YouTube stars, yes. they're horrible. They have no talent compared to yeah, people who not like us. Not like us. <laughs> no, they're really terrible. Yeah. They're, like, they, they're right. awful. They're, yeah. they're, like, second-rate people who could never have yeah. made it in Hollywood, and yet they're now making millions, and, and those are the people that our kids know. But they're, they're, authentic, they're authentic. Oh, no, they're not. They're just as phony and fake. No, no, no. I mean, my, my, my son Nick used to listen to this guy who, named Cybert, who was like a video game caster, and uh, he was just out of his college dorm room. But he was he was very good, and at, at some and my, and Nick like didn't know who Harrison Ford was, but knew everything about yeah. this guy Cybert. So yeah. I finally, I just texted him, and I was like, "Hey, Cybert, just do a shout out for my son. He'll be a, in the, and like." He blew him away. It was like, right. but I was like, I could get cyber. Like, that's not a hard get for me. So more accessible, maybe. Yeah. I would say more accessible rather yeah. than authentic. But no, but I think there there is there's just an element of it. I like, mean, I'm a snob when it comes to, and totally will admit it when it comes to like quality of art. Yeah. And well, to me, like yeah, some art is, has a higher quality, and that is the art that we should be. There's so there's so much content on Netflix on. Amazon, whatever but that, that, make it all that what you actually would go into a movie to see. There's how many movies did you see this year? In the theater? Yeah, um, almost none. Almost but that's none. Just, but that's just me. I see right. a lot. So I, it's, it's, I rent it's, a lot. It's, it's sort of irrelevant. But you know, look, I mean, picking on the we're Oscars. We're also like we're on the downside of like movie seeing. Yeah, and we're gonna old. get. Then we're gonna get old, and we're gonna it's, go have nothing over. to do but go see. All right. <laughs> Should we change topics? <laughs> I guess so. Do you want to keep I talking really, about the Oscars? I mean, do you want to defend it? It's dead. It's dying. Uh, it might be dying. I still really You can't like go it. down 15% a year, year over year for a few more years without eventually just completely dying We'll just out. change it. Something will change. Yeah. Well, I think once you get the Netflix and the... Uh, and right. some of it was more accessible, right? So there's this movie this year, which I also didn't see, called Girls Trip. I don't know if you heard about that. No. Okay. So it was also a hugely successful movie with a mostly black female cast. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I did see that. And they had one of the stars of that. And she might have also written it or... Yeah, anyway, produced it. I'm not sure. Um, they had her as a presenter on last night, and she was hilarious. Good, You would good. have loved her. She was I, funny and irreverent. I, she came on stage holding her shoes and wearing Uggs, and she was kind of foul-mouthed, and she was filthy and funny. And I think, like, eventually that's what's going to happen. Like, everything's yeah. going to just become more accessible, like you said, actually. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah. But I, I do think there there's that there's that element of, like, the social cohesion of going to the movies and, there, and that... And that um, it is interesting that I think certain groups of folks crave that and mm-hmm. still like going to a movie and being with each other. We're just like and, seeing the same the, movie that your friends are being able to talk about it. Our generation has no interest in like just going into a room to be with other people and watching the same thing. They no, all want to watch the like movie. We like to talk about the stuff that we've yeah. seen. Like I totally enjoy talking about the movies that I've seen with my peers. Mm. All right. <laughs> and she's like, I don't. Do you want to talk about Hope? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Uh, sure, we could talk about Hope Hicks. My first thought about Hope Hicks leaving was like, I don't care. Greenwich girl, right? And I kept thinking like, was, oh, is she? I think so, yeah. I mean, I had two thoughts about Hope Hicks. One, fantastic hair. She's 
Yeah. Uh, literally has the best hair of anyone. That came from you, by the way. Ever seen in politics. See, I couldn't even say that. Yeah. Um, right. Let me comment on her appearance first. She's gorgeous. Yeah. What? See, I think that is so that is so wrong and belittling. Like everyone comments on the fact no, that she I'm was flattering. No, her. you're not. I she, am. Everyone calls her a former model because what they want to say is this girl's so pretty, so therefore oh, she can't be I mean substantive no, or no, she doesn't no, no, have no. experience. I definitely don't mean that. I think it does. I think actually when you lead with the idea of former model or she's so pretty or she's got great hair, <laughs> what you're saying is we should you're, think less you're of her. belittling her. Yeah, I you're totally basically don't mean she, that at all. she. You would not say. You would not say Mike Pence has great hair, or you would not say, or Rob Porter has great hair. Uh, I, I just mean, think Rob it's, Porter is a, a. I don't like him, so I definitely wouldn't. Fine, say that or he has good or hair. George Stephanopoulos, or whoever. Like you would not. Wait, you're saying I wouldn't say that about a man? You would not say that about a man. That is totally not true because Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Is gorgeous. Yeah. And people talk about that all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's attractive. And it doesn't mean that. But I'm that nobody goes out like former model Justin Trudeau because, because <laughs> right? They don't they don't say that. And by the way, Hope right. Hope did not say former model. You said former no, model. No, but the, everybody does that. And she was she modeled for like one year. Okay, well, first of all, when she was I like did fourteen. Not say former model. Yeah. I was said you she has said, amazing hair. Yes. It was fantastic. Jacques. It was beautiful. <laughs> you have nothing else to say about her except no. that she has great hair. And my second thought was, yeah. I really didn't care that she was leaving the White House, and I couldn't understand why it was big news. And I thought everyone was making this huge big deal about it. And so, honestly, my thought was that everyone was making a big deal about it because she's so pretty. And then I thought, well, oh, that's, that's so really wrong. Weird. That's so not true. We've barely heard a peep from this woman for the last two years. Okay, so can we talk about why she's important? Uh, we can talk about why you think she's important, as long as you then give me a chance to talk about why I don't think she's important. <laughs> you don't think she's important? Well, go aside ahead. from her hair and her looks. I don't find um, her hair important. Here's why she was important. Just impressive. Here's why she's important. She is, or was, um, so so Trump is a uh, an erratic person who is uh, driven by his impulses, um, and no, it's, no disagreement. Here. It's his it's his core, maybe part of his strengths. Uh, it's certainly one of his core weaknesses. Right, is that he's he's so impulsive yes. and distracted, yes. and can't. Um, yeah, he flits from and, position and, to position. And so what Hope Hicks was is a filter for that who was also trusted and uh, and loyal. And, um, and you can say, well, that's, he'll find somebody else or that's not that important. But it actually, I think, really was. I think that, that a guy like Trump needs somebody like that who can keep him on track and on and, and focused who is going to essentially you know be um be there for him and i think uh not having her there mm. is going to you're gonna we're gonna see if you thought that the first year was chaotic yeah i think not having hope picks there is we're gonna see the chaos level go up a lot well so that's interesting because i mean i certainly agree with that yeah. because uh, you know <laughs> I, I can't agree with the fact that she was an effective Trump whisperer, right? As people are calling her, because I'm like, Why not? if she was the Trump whisperer, what is the Trump going to be like without a Trump whisperer? That's because right. He already was a thousand times more erratic and ungoverned. That's right. And ungovernable than anyone really anticipated. Yes. Um, but the thing is, if you got to Hope Hicks with something serious, she could actually the go and he would listen to her. How on earth did we know that? Because that's what everybody says in, in the books and whatever. Oh, no. that, that she literally, she literally had the president's well, she ear. she wasn't doing a very good job then. I wish she had done a better oh, job of I, managing him. She, she, he She's won the twenty-nine-year-old. Yeah, young see, woman. Uh, yeah, former well, model. He kept talking about twenty-nine as a daughter, like, and clearly he doesn't, he doesn't, didn't respect her. He might have yeah. trusted her, but he's a narcissist. So he sees, or he seems narcissistic. How old was I Hamilton? Say. How old was Hamilton again? That's totally when you say he was, he was 29? Totally different era. Different, different era? Yeah. Um, oh my God. Are you really comparing Hope Hicks no. to Hamilton? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, what's the big deal about being 29? What's the big deal about having good hair? What's my the big deal? My point is that he is a man in his 70s. She is a young woman in 29. She had zero experience doing what she did before she came onto his campaign. She right. Did she was not a, do a she very was a good PR job of managing him because he was crazy this year. He sent out crazy tweets yeah. all the time. Well, we'll just wait and see. So we're going to compare this first year to what's coming. <laughs> all right. And and we'll um, meet again, Andrew. And I think a year I from think now. I think that 
I don't even know whether he could have, I, maybe I'm giving her too much credit, but I don't even know if he could have won the presidency without Hope Hicks. I think that she was, had the ability to, um, I think you're to keep him, to keep him unfocused. I don't see how you have any proof of any of this. And honestly, but the only, the proof it's just is that everybody, pudding, which is that he was a complete lunatic this year with his yeah. communications. I think that she was a big player. And I think that, I think, the people who are close to it recognize that, and that's why people are talking you know about this story. what I think story. her most important job was? I think her most important job was those tweets that he would send out that would have, like, misspellings in them, and then they would be deleted, mm. and then they would be retweeted with, like, the correct spelling of mm. Alec Baldwin instead yeah. of Alex Baldwin. That's what Hope Hicks was doing. I don't know. I think that, I think that, that you are... Uh, I think that people are underestimating how Hope Hicks because, because she was beautiful and because she was, and, beca- and because she was young. I think uh, it is sexist. I actually think that they've treated Hope Hicks in a very sexist way because I think if you had somebody like this, this other guy um, who's up there, Stephen, um, the guy we all hate, uh, Stephen. <laughs> you know what I'm talking no, about? No, who? The, the young. The, oh, the Stephen other, Miller. Yeah. Stephen Miller. He's he's 29, right? Not he's older. I don't think so. Yeah, if, I don't uh, I'm gonna oh, look oh, that the, up. The typing is gonna happen. Yeah, right sorry now. guys, but we're gonna we're gonna fact check that right now. But he's like. Young 30s. And he does not have good hair. <laughs> yeah. He was born in 1985. So what does that make him? 20, oh, 33? Don't make me do math. Yeah. He's uh, 32 years old. Okay. Right. A so, skosh. He's a skosh older than so maybe, Yeah. And so, he has much less hair. And by the way, like Mark Zuckerberg was like, you know, 21. I mean, when yes, he... But Mark Zuckerberg started his own company that he was running. This was a woman who was trying to monitor and manage... A guy who was old enough to be her grandfather. Mm. Like, that's a different dynamic to me. That's a totally different and dynamic. she successfully did it. And she did it better than anybody else. Oh well, we're not going to see eye to eye on this one. I don't know but why. But I am interested to revisit this in a year and be like, did his communications improve or did they devolve into complete madness? I think... You're gonna and be, honestly, they're going to devolve like, into madness, and then I'm going to have to say you were right. And that's yeah, we're, I think everyone's going to be like, oh, <laughs> Hope Hicks was really important. And and by the way, you know, and like, and it gets down to the question of like, are you rooting for, I think there's always a big question of like, are you rooting for Trump to fail because you hate him? And I think some people do. Or are you rooting for the country to succeed? And that's yet a you false don't, dichotomy. I don't, I think it's a real thing. No. Because I think if Trump fails, we all fail. No, I totally disagree. I think that if well, if, if Trump we prove fails... that Trump was in fact doing reams of unethical Sorry. and illegal behaviors in order to be president, and since he's become president, and then he failed, then the country wins because we cannot allow this to be me, something that ever happens. Fair again. enough. Let me clarify. If Trump fails in a way that is um, disastrous to like the country, like we get into okay, a fine. war, right. or it, it, or that if Trump fails in a way that like our entire economy, you know, we go into a Great Depression because right. he does things. But you know what's crazy about him is like, if we did have a nuclear war with North Korea, yeah. as long as he survived and his family survived, he might even see that as a success. If he was the last right. president South Korea was ever gone. had, he'd be like, I was the last one. Like, that's... That everyone will remember me. Like that's literally. I think he would find that to be a success, and that's what appalls me. You mean he if, he nukes, no, if he nukes North Korea and they nuked us back, and and hundreds of thousands of people died? I don't think he would care as long as he himself survived. Honestly, like that's. So I think his measure of success and failure is a little different from ours. Okay. <laughs> and also, wait. I, 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 I think it's very hard. Thing. I think it's. I agree that it's very hard to know what Trump considers to be a success, other right. than his own. Um, yeah. you know, sucking out all the yeah. attention of the world. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think I agree that that's, that it's unclear. He, But I think he does genuinely want to be considered a great president. He wants to go down He just as, has no idea what that entails. That, right, but I think his intent, like... He wants to go down he in thinks, history. He wants to go down in that's history. He as, yeah, he wants to be like, talked family. about the way that Ronald Reagan was talked about. Yeah. He wants to be that. that. So... Uh, I don't think he, you know, yeah. I, I think that's I'm a little stung. I do need to defend myself for one second. I'm a little stung by the idea that you think that my joke about Hope Hicks's hair makes no. me a sexist. I was, so just to get, just so you know, I was already going in that direction. Okay. You just threw me the layout. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I am going to point one thing out, which yeah. is that Trump picks people. Yeah. For positions in the government or in his administration. Based on looks. Based on how they look. Yeah. So, Although I was kidding, and I certainly don't intend it to be sexist, and I really wish I did have hair like her, I think 
I am trying a little bit to point out that she was there because of how she looked. He likes good-looking people. He likes to surround himself with them. Mm. He likes people who have what he sees as the right look. And honestly, she was like out of central casting. Like you could put her in Charlie's Angels. So let let's just and, or in a movie I, about the president. I actually and that's who they would cast. As I the, actually as think the she she, he, she worked for Ivanka. She did a good job for Ivanka. She was good at PR for Ivanka. They had this campaign and no one else that nobody on. that nobody <laughs> believed was anything more than a joke. Sure. And they said, "Will you do it?" And she did a great job, and and he trusted her, and she did. She was always loyal, and she didn't go off script like Scaramucci and everybody else, and kind of, you know, like you got Anthony Scaramucci, that guy, he yeah. couldn't he couldn't last for two days, because he was all about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope Hicks is not all about Hope Hicks. Hope Hicks is, was true. all about the job. It was all about Donald Trump, yeah. and she she didn't need to yeah. be in front. In fact, she was always in the background with right, her phone. Right. So, so I guess my question then is like, why is this interesting in a larger sense? And I think it is. Because she's now gone. Like, we may never hear from her again. That might be it for her. Oh, I don't you're... think she's going to, like, write a book or any of the stuff that people Are want her kidding? to do. No, she's done, Andrew. We're done? Never... Oh, no, she's she quit the job, but she's going to be back in 2020 running the campaign. No way. Well, maybe maybe she'll go and just raise a family. She's and... going to go get, like, a corporate job at some, like, glamorous company and make a we're ton all, of money. We're all speculating. Yeah. <laughs> we love, we love... Unlike official like news news people, <laughs> right? We have freedom to do yeah. that. Um, you guys can check back in. Yeah, no, nobody we nobody right. knows, but for for I sure guess my point is, like, she's is had a enough. Larger, for is now. there a larger issue here, which really is about who's doing the jobs around the president? How are they doing them? What's the fallout for us, right, as American citizens, when everyone, even his most trusted and loyal advisors, are leaving him? Yeah, well, I think that she's leaving because there's been a lot of pressure from well, he the, the mullet. He well, also yelled at her. He yelled at her because she said that she told told white lies on his behalf, which, which I think all, was which all communications directors do for all politicians. For everyone does right all the time. Sure. So not just politicians, every human being. Like, does. Why get so mad at her? Yeah, about it? I don't know. but but then because it probably shows weakness, right? Don't don't ever give them anything. Yeah. I think is Trump's. You're right. It put a little dent in my image of Donald Trump as like a really strong and capable guy. Right. No, I think he's just he's just like he. But I don't think that she's leaving because he yelled at her. I think he's leaving. She's leaving because she's had it. Well, I think the Rob Porter thing was a big thing, and then I think the Mueller investigation. Yeah. She had nine hours of being yeah. grilled. And I think she's just like, well, there well, was that really interesting piece in the Times where they were talking about how people are starting to leave or consider leaving because they realize that the longer they stay, the more legal exposure that's they right, could that's have. That's right. That's right. I'm sure her lawyers and her family are like, is this worth it? Um, and you did a great job. And like, don't get caught up with this because, yeah, there's it's going to be more obstruction of justice. Right. Going on, going yeah, on yeah, forward, yeah. right? Get as, out while you still as, can. as the as the get out, right? As the doors start to close, or as yeah. the walls start to like Star Wars start mm-hmm. to close in on you, and then yeah. you know maybe get out of Is there. That Star Wars in the trash compactor. Oh, if they do that in Flash Gordon too, Remember? they probably took it from Flash Gordon. Yeah. All right, so um, all right, we can leave Hope Hicks. We'll put a little asterisk next to your name. We'll come back and check on you in a few months. Time. I I think Hope Hicks. <laughs> Was, was, Andrew's a fan. Well, I, am I just think chances are, and you, look, nobody knows, right? Because she didn't really put herself out there. But chances are, she was a very valuable asset to Trump. And in that, and if you certainly think, certainly relatively if, speaking, and if she you may think, have been one of his more. And valuable if you assets. believe that order is more is is valuable as opposed to chaos, yeah. Um, and I think she was on the side of order. Yeah. Um, then. You know, I think that she probably we will we will miss her, but we don't know. So <laughs> I, I won't. Um, there was one. Do we have time to talk about one more topic? Yeah. All right. I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, not necessarily guns as an issue, okay, but about um, kids becoming activists, uh, as we've now seen in the young kids from Parkers Parkland Parkland mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Parkland, Florida. Yes. Um, and. To me, one of the most striking, to me and everybody, right, the, one of the most striking things is that these kids have somehow managed to wrest some media attention um, in a totally new way. And they are kind of like taking over the narrative uh, about whether, about guns in schools and guns in American culture. Uh, and I guess I was curious what you thought about that. Um, I think it is not going to be a long-term um 
significant um, thing. I think that like they were in an, an uh, they were in an unusual position because they were victims, so they had, they had a position of moral authority, and they were children, and um, and so it's gonna they were essentially in an unassailable position for a little while, mm-hmm. and and that's why people, for example, get so mad at people like uh, Alex Jones and Infowars when he's like, oh, these kids are are doing actors, this. crisis actors, right, right, because that is very offensive, like. And 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 so they wait. He's offensive, or Alex they Jones are, is very they, offensive okay, yeah. to to say that these kids who are really doing what they believe in, and by the way, have gone through something that yeah, no that one Alex Jones can't even that no one should imagine. go through, and then yeah. to have not just the not really courage, but just to have the kind of composure and to be to to be saying yeah, things within, in a thoughtful within way. days of surviving issues. Yeah, and and to be uh, and be willing to um, to stand up for that. I just think that they were essentially in an unassailable position and anybody who tried to try to take them down was making a mistake politically or whatever mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. But that's, you still that's don't that, think that it's a movement it don't, that's going to lead to anything? It won't. That doesn't last forever, right? So, oh, but luckily there's going to be plenty more school shootings. So <laughs> there are going to be lots more. And no. I'm not even really, I mean, I don't mean to be flippant about it. There are going to be more school shootings and there are going to be more kids. And my thought is like, what, at what point, like how many kids at how many high schools in how many states need to come forward? You know, now they're contemplating changing laws in Florida. Fine. Change the laws in Florida. Does there literally have to be a school shooting in every state before each state takes responsibility and says, yeah, maybe AR-15s are not a good idea. Maybe we should ban bump stocks. It's yeah. crazy to me. So um, I do actually think that that if you can get young people excited and activated you know the last time i think we saw really young people excited and activated about something was vietnam where we saw in or sort civil of, rights i was going to say but and before that civil rights okay. but um but you know maybe 69 summer of love yeah. you had like sort of all the 17 18 year 19 year olds um with and a similar argument which was you guys are the adults wh- and you're sending it, young people yeah it to is similar. die it is similar yeah and and uh uh, and I think maybe even the difference here is that there's, um, while, while uh, you know, in, in that situation, there was also, that was all tied up with sort of free love and drugs and a lot of things you could be against. In this situation, there probably isn't. They, they, they're just, they're just they're about, regular kids. we just want to live yeah. and we don't want to be shot. Yeah. So, so I think, I, I do believe in the power of youth movement and I do believe that youth will be a big if if there's any ever resolution resolution on gun control mm-hmm. the youth will be a big part of it yeah um but uh You're not optimistic but i'm not optimistic about it because because of this uh, the way the news cycle works where you can only kind of be unless you're doing really provocative things all the time right or saying different new things and it and yeah. then and every time you try to do that you lose more and more of your credibility you know because now sure. you're saying provocative things Right, that, stay don't, in that the don't seem directly connected to this horrific yeah. experience yeah. that you went So now through. you've done something, you know, in the people that we know that kind of are really good at staying in the news, like the Kardashians or the Hiltons, the Paris Hilton or whatever, like they're doing it in ways that saps their credibility. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a really interesting um, point. So, you know, it'll I, be a big challenge for sure. So for you have to constantly reinvent kids. yourself to be relevant and yet... Well, I'm telling you, and we I can don't all mean see to be that. cynical, this is, these kids are not going to be the only ones who have this experience, and they're not going to be the only ones who come forward. And in a way, it's astonishing to me that these are the first kids that we've heard from. When you think how many mass shootings there have been in schools, how many survivors there were at Columbine, for example, those kids were not allowed to talk to the... Like, the media did not really interview those kids very much. And they they didn't take any active role at all. Here's the problem. I think the real problem is that, despite the fact that gun violence is so horrible and it's such a terrible thing, um, and that we see it, it doesn't touch our lives in the way that, say, a draft would touch our lives. Mm. Like, if you had to send your daughter or your son potentially off, there, to, though, off to Vietnam, yeah. and you felt like there was a real, and you, yeah. you had to do selective service, and you had felt there was a real chance that your kid could get shot yeah. fighting for... Then you take a stand. For thing, then you're going to, like, really get active. You're motivated. I don't... I, I well, that's why I'm saying. Like, does every school, does every state need to have? Does it know, have to happen down I mean, the road from each of us? I don't feel like, um, despite the fact that they did it right down the road, because we're in Connecticut. And, I know. You know, it I is know. not far from here in, in Connecticut. But, but I, but I also think when you look at those numbers, um, it's not enough where people feel they, 
they don't I, I think some people feel like it's a serious threat I don't feel like it's a serious threat like I don't think there's a very good likelihood of yeah. a crazy person coming yeah. in with an AR-15 and God, shooting up and shooting up my kid's school see that's funny because like it th- does cross my mind I think it certainly crosses my mind but I don't think of it in the same way that if like we had a war it still seems random, if we had a right? war right now um, with North Korea yes. and like there was gonna be a draft and I knew that my son had to get drafted like I would be much more worried about that yes. than getting no, shot. I mean, we act in our own self-interest. I get that. Yeah. Uh, and I don't totally disagree. But I do think that's also why this so, shooting and why hearing from these kids in particular has been moving right. to so many people. Because I know a lot of people will look at that and say, like, that could have been my kid. That could. And to me, like, the, the saddest yeah. thing that I heard was the kids who survived as right. well texting their parents. I heard a girl today on the radio, and she said, you know, she survived that her three or four people in her class were killed. And she said, I had thought about being in a school shooting before this. Yeah. And I had decided that what I would do is I would text my mother and tell her that I really appreciated everything she had done for me. Right. And she didn't get to send that text and she survived. Right. So it's not even a sad story for her ending. Right. But the idea that this teenagers are now having to think ahead of time. Yeah. About, what would I text my parents? Right. Who would I send that last message to? Um, you know, and it's like when 9-11 happened, right? Which right. was enough people died in a regular office building. Right. That a lot of people thought, like, oh my God, that I knew somebody who knew somebody. Or that could have been. Right. Um, and you, you know, and, and that's when people start to take things seriously. Well, and I think also for 9-11, right, the person who was in power who was George W. Bush felt that way too right and so he was willing to kind of go off and you know take us off into war into Iraq <laughs> in completely the wrong right? direction but 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 and right that might, have, that might have been a mistake but but I but I so I to kind of put a cap on my point which is to say so I don't think that this gun thing touches people in a way yet that yeah um is that would override any of their other voting so for example if I'm a Republican and I care about all the other things I care about yeah. And then I say, but I am really anti-gun. Um, well, it's easy to be in gonna, denial and say, my, gonna, my family's fine. I'm going to be fine. Am I, and as long as, you know, that the Republican's always going to run a pro-gun candidate, yeah. am I going to leave my party to go vote for that guy? That guy, Probably not until it feels to me like I have a real risk yeah. Yeah. of losing yeah. my child. And you know what's crazy, a, Andrew, is sometimes even you can have faced that risk. Like Steve Scalise, the, the representative yeah, of Louisiana. Yeah, he shot. Who got shot yeah. hasn't changed his position on guns at all. Right, and in fact, after the Parkland shooting happened, he was leading the charge against the Broward County yeah. Sheriff's Office and saying, "How could they have missed all these red flags?" And I thought, you know what, the guy who shot you, Steve Scalise, and almost killed you, right, was not, had no red flags. Yeah, he was on no one's radar at all. Yeah, so yeah. here you are, they all know. worried about right. red flags. There were none, and someone almost killed you. But even that is not enough to change his mind. I think they know. And I think some people are just going to say, yeah, we're changing our mind. But I think until you get to the point where we have enough single-issue voters where, yeah. you know... Well, and, that's the challenge, right? And that's Make what guns you, a single issue. Make guns an issue that it, people will it, vote can on you get, else. And that's the question. I mean, look, they made abortion a single-issue voting yeah. thing back in the 70s. They, meaning the, the GOP. And I guess feminists. No, no, sort of the feminists did it bit. first. The, I think that I think the women did it. The now, now, and National Organization of Women made abortion in like seventy one, seventy two, like a, a for some women a single issue thing. They said we're gonna we're gonna co- coalesce around that. And can you make guns that right? Yeah. Can you get enough? Probably Republicans or right wing folks mm-hmm. to say, look, we're not gonna vote for the pro gun right. candidate anymore. Right. Um, and so maybe that's really not at the. Not at um, maybe it's at the primary level, right? Right, which right. is to say, when you're starting to be threatened with people, if you can create options for mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who are right wing yeah. to vote for an anti-gun yeah. Co- yeah. candidate, and those people can run, and that's where going against the NRA matters. You know, people, some people are saying like the NRA is not the issue. The NRA is not the issue. The NRA is the issue because they're the ones funding campaigns, yeah. and they're the ones driving the PR, and they're very good at it. And it might happen in some red states. You know, some red states might start to you might start to see. A, a really strong Republican anti-gun candidate, and if that person wins, then that might start, yeah, you know, another, uh, you know, a snowball. Yeah. But I think, uh, well, you know, who could be that person? But, what? He, but he won't be. Who? The, who? the president. Trump. 
He could oh, be. He could have been. I but he's not going to be because he lacks the integrity actually, and the and the stick to it. I think Trump actually. So here's what I think about Trump. I'm glad you brought this up, and then we'll, we'll call it a day. But <laughs> I think the Trump rule. I, I almost sort of think is like he, whatever the political calculations that people make that they're their politicians and they count their votes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Trump isn't doing that. No, Trump is capable. Trump is literally just feeling what the American people feels or what he thinks the American people feels. Or he's the people, got a, or the people in the room with him. And or maybe, but I think he's got a good sense of like what the issues are going to be. Like say everything you want about the guy, but like he understood that China was going to be the yeah, issue. He, he, has this he understands trade. Grasp he of what he understands immigration. Here. Yeah, he knows, and I think he knows that guns are a loser. Yeah. In his mind, that'll be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump, he's like, guns are a loser. Like, you yeah. know, and he wants a winner. And he thinks that being pro-gun, you saw him talking about like, you're afraid of the NRA. I'm not yeah. afraid of anyone. Yeah. He thinks that guns are a, lo- are a losing bet. And, um, and I don't think he's going to be a, I think, you know, he's... And then he had lunch with the NRA the next day and tweeted about how great they were. So but we'll see. I would think that people are going to get very nervous about Trump, about, about the guns issue, because I think they yeah. he, he might turn on them in a second. He might, he, but you know when he says, he you're scared weakness? of the NRA and I'm not scared of the NRA yeah. and they have no influence yeah. over me, I want to point and be like, well, they spent $30 million on your campaign. You know what so he's doing? maybe you should be scared. No, he's prodding for weakness. That's what Trump is doing. He's yeah. looking for weakness in the NRA, like... And, and he's prodding for weakness from the people who are backed by the NRA. Mm-hmm. And if they sort of say, like, yeah, well, maybe we don't need the NRA, then he's going to, like, yeah. Like, you know, he's, I mean, he's I testing. I hate to say it, but I hope so. Well, um, it would be crazy if it was him. But, um, but it, it would be good for, for, for us. It's, it's, such a, it's such a silly bug. Essentially, I think it's like a bug in our software. Yeah, I, think I think it's the real Y2K bug. That's my I idea. think you're probably right. <laughs> like if, I agree with you. Um, All right. Folks, that Oof. was episode 12. We got a little hot, a little heated. Some contention there. Um, and uh, But thank you for listening. Tell and us what you think, please. Yes. And we have some new... Some new oh, I want to give a, a shout out to Amanda Pike, who uh, went to the Oscars. And we Yay. are so proud of you for doing that for her... Uh, her movie, Heroin. Heroin. Watch it on Netflix. That's amazing. Anyone else? That's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening.